This is the OTP presented by Farm Bureau Health Plans. No matter your life stage, you can plan on Farm Bureau Health Plans for great health care coverage with a sensible price tag. Visit FBHP.com. With Coach Dave McGinnis, with Rhett Bryan, with Amy Wells, I'm Mike Keith, and our special guest from TennesseeTitans.com, senior writer-editor, the great Jim Wyatt. Welcome to your close-up. We are glad to have you well, with I'm us. I'm glad to be here. I've, you guys have had a lot of great guests to sit over here, and I'm sorry to bring bring it down. No, you're not no. bringing it down at the least. Your content at the 2023 NFL Combine has been outstanding. Thank you. At TennesseeTitans.com. Uh, there's been a lot of content. People love Jim Wyatt. They love the tweets at Jay Wyatt Sports. They especially love the mailbags Tuesday and Saturday. I think I said Tuesday and Friday on our update yesterday. I apologize. Tuesday and Saturday. Yep. So I thought, what if we allowed the OT people to ask Jim White questions and we do an OTP mailbag from Indianapolis? That sounds great. So Amy Wells has the questions. Rhett Bryan and Coach Dave McGinnis will have commentary along the way. They will provide <laughs> color analysis of what's about to happen. Amy, take it away. All right. Well, Jim, I figured we'd start you off with a couple softballs. These are more about you as a human, more as you as a person. So we're going to start with that, kind of ease you into this whole experience that you're about to have. This one is from Dylan in Chattanooga. He says, hello, OTP family. I hope you are enjoying your week in Indianapolis. Jim, my question is a two-part one. Number one, what was your journey to get you where you are today in your position with the Titans? And two, what advice would you give to a recent graduate with a sports management degree who's trying to get in the industry? I feel like there's a resume coming pretty soon. Um, he says he's followed you on socials for a very long time and really appreciates your work. Well, I appreciate that. How much time do we have? Because it was a long journey. Uh, I'll, I'll say that. <laughs> give us the abbreviated version. Yeah, I'll give you the abbreviated journey uh, because I really didn't know what I wanted to do when I started off in college. I changed my major three times. I ended up, uh, I would start off in criminal justice, then I went to broadcasting, then I eventually moved uh, to be an English major while I was at the University of Tennessee. And even then, I didn't know what I wanted to do. The last semester of school, I started working for the Daily Beacon, which was the school newspaper in, in Knoxville and did just enough stories to get a taste of uh, of thinking that's what I wanted to do with my career. Now, somebody who had not done it before certainly wasn't going to start off right out of college writing for the newspaper. Luckily, I had a, another job lined up after I graduated at a place called the Register of Deeds, which is where property mortgages and tax liens and, and deeds to property uh, anything that had to do with real estate, that's where that was recorded. I worked there as a summer job uh, for for several years while I was in college. When I got out, I started working there full-time, and then I started working at the newspaper part-time. I uh, worked 40 hours a week at that full-time job, and I probably worked 30, 35 hours a week at the part-time job at nights. They let me... St- you know, I first started answering phones. I answered, you know, took bowling scores. I took hole-in-ones. I took track and field. I was the <laughs> agate clerk. And, that, and then they eventually said, hey, let's give you a chance to write a couple of blurbs. So I wrote a couple of blurbs when they called in high school games. Ron Slade scored 21 points at, as Pearl Cone won, you know, against White's Creek. And that kind of led to something else. My, uh, my first byline was covering the Tennessean Regatta, which is a sailboat race on Old Hickory Lake. It was probably about 38 degrees uh, in March. It was miserable. 
miserable, but nobody else wanted to do it. Uh, it came time for the trophy presentation. It really was my first job, and they wanted for somebody from the Tennessean to hand out the award, and I was the only one there. I'd covered it the whole weekend, <laughs> and they said, this guy doesn't have enough moxie to, you know, to hand out this award. Let's, can we get Larry Woody or Charles Searcy or somebody else in here? They brought a guy in from the marketing department uh, to give out the award. But uh, So I started covering a bunch of high school sports, college sports, you know, stuff that nobody else wanted to cover. That eventually led to me covering high school sports and becoming the high school sports coordinator. Uh, and then the Titans moved to town in 99 with, and around the same time the Preds did. Uh, had a, a sports editor that gave me a chance to work with Jeff Legwald and Paul Kuharski, two names people are familiar with. They helped show me the ropes. And then I became the full-time beat guy for the Tennessean in 2001, worked there from 2001 to 2014 after working from 1990, you know, um, to 1999 up to that point. And then left my other job, um, loved working as a beat writer at the Tennessean, uh, you know, some of the best times of my life. I, I always, I still consider myself a newspaper guy, I think, at heart, just because of the way I'm wired. But then the, the Titans gave me a chance to work there in 2015, and it's, it was the best move I could have possibly made. I get to work with great people, get to work for a, a class organization, and uh, and I get to do mail bags. And, and now here I am on the OTP. So it's a great journey. Well, so Matthew from Clarksburg, this is our second question, asks, Jim, you covered the Titans for the Tennessee, and now you cover the Titans for the Titans. What do you like better about working for the team? Well, I, I sleep better at night, and I have a lot less stress on me. I, I, I still work a lot, and it's certainly still a time-consuming job, and my, it comes with sacrifices that you know, we all have to make. But uh, when I was with the Tennessee, I was running myself in the ground. I mean, I was I was not that I'm not consumed by the job now, but you're you know you're constantly trying to figure out what the team's not trying to what the team doesn't want you to know, and that's who's getting fired, who's getting hired, you know who who's getting signed as a free agent, who's coming in on a visit, you know who tore his ACL, who tore his MCL, who got arrested overnight. I mean, there's all kinds of things that you have to dig and dig and dig. And uh, and while I enjoyed breaking stories, it also, you know, with Twitter, you break a story and, and five minutes later, everybody, everybody has it. But the competitive side in me would never be able to take it easy. So uh, th I was running myself in the ground doing it that way. I think working with the team, obviously, it's different, but it allows me to write, you know, you know, stories um, that I enjoy writing, feature stories. The uh, team has given me a lot of freedom to do analysis and, and kind of tell it like it is. I know which lines I can't cross, but uh, it's been a, a really good career move for me. And um, and uh, and the newspaper business, I, I hate to see the, where it's gone, but um, um, that, that's kind of sad to me in some ways, just how the newspaper business has kind of drifted away a little bit. All right, do you feel adequately warmed up now? Like, are you ready for some real Titans questions? Yes, Where's the I commentary? I, I hope I didn't Wait a minute, take coach, up too much I mean, time. No, no, I, I can. I, I, I'm just <laughs> waiting my turn because okay. this, is, this is his forum right, All right here. He and Amy, and Amy does a nice job of warming him up. We'll beat him up here really quick. <laughs> <laughs> Go ahead. Well, Let I wanted to give him a minute to feel well, you, okay. you, you know, did, comfortable. So, what, you have 12 questions? You, you, you did it perfect. No, you softened him up a little bit, but I was coaching here when he was covering the team. Yeah. And I can definitively say – from Jeff Fisher to myself, who was his, his assistant head coach, we trusted Jim Wyatt. 
We knew he'd be, he would be fair. We knew he be, would be thorough. Now, we had some coaches that sometimes took a little bit of umbrage with what, <laughs> with what he had to say because sometimes he would try to write – and try to and try to write like he was writing for the Enquirer when he when he talked about he talked about a couple of incidents and I, I feared for his life a couple of times but I can definitively say that we as coaches during that era trusted Jim Wyatt implicitly and the co- co- coaches who didn't like what I had to say well, they would tell me you know, you know Jim Washburn you let me know about it Jim Swartz <laughs> let me know about it Mike Comerdinger let me know about it my my sweet mother passed away um, last year and. Uh, She's buried for probably uh, from here to a uh, person buried right next to her is about the same distance where Amy is to me is Mike Heimerdinger. His, his <laughs> grave is directly next to my mom's. And I can only imagine some of the stuff he's probably said about me to her. Uh, <laughs> uh, so ho- hopefully she's trying to put put me in a better light. But he but he would tell you like it was. That, but you know, I always felt like in that job, if you're not, you know, pissing people off if I, if I can say that then you're probably not doing your job and uh I tried to I did try to be fair and I did try to you know try to be well sourced on anything I had you know you've got to be able to you know keep relationships if you're going to be there for a long time and you know luckily I had you know people help me and steer me along the way and and um and Coach Max, you know, set me straight too. Yeah, well, you know, it, it, it toughens your hide yeah. up a little bit. <laughs> well, you can be friendly, but you can't be friends. Right, that's exactly right. Because uh, you know, you know, you 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 have to write, you know, critical stories from time to time, especially when the team's not playing well, and you have to, you know, I won't say call out, but you know, if things aren't going well, that that involves coaches, that involves players, that involves decisions that have been made, and. You kind of got to tell it like it is. I never want to embarrass anybody, but also didn't want to be looked at as somebody who was just out here writing softball stories all the time. And uh, and that's the job you have as a big guy. I mean, coaches will let you know. Players will let you know if yes. they don't like oh, something, too. Oh, yeah, I had too. some players let me know about it. But you were always very professional. And I'm just telling you now, because, you know, here we're all, you know, working at this in the same thing now. But you, the respect factor was always there. I appreciate you Always that. there. All right, let's move on to some football stuff. This is Olivia from Bowling Green. She says, I hope you are doing well, Jim. (laughs) There seems to be some controversy about whether the Titans are in a rebuild. You've probably answered this question before, but do you think the Titans have to rebuild, or do you think we just need a couple pieces to be competitive? I think, I don't know, I think I like the term reset. I don't, I don't know if even reset applies to what the team's going through right now, but obviously some changes are are going on. We, we saw that at the general manager. We saw it at offensive coordinator. We've seen it with four players being released so far, and there are going to be more changes coming. People ask me all the time about whether the team's going to rebuild or blow it up or tank. You know, and I don't think that stuff goes on. You're still going to have – good players competing and playing for the Titans in 2023. How drastic those changes end up being, I think time will tell. I mean, we still got to get through free agency. We got to get to the draft. I know Rand Carthon and Mike Frabel and Amy Adams Strunk continue to kind of work through roster decisions uh, and at key positions. Uh, so I don't know if it's a rebuild. I, I don't think 
Mike Vrabel's ever going to say, okay, fellas, this is going to be a tough year for us. Let's just try to get through it, and, we'll, and better times are ahead in 2024. He's not wired that way. So this team's going to compete. Um, you know, is it going to be a team um, that's going to be a favor to win the AFC uh, and represent the conference in the Super Bowl? Uh, I don't think I can say that, but that doesn't mean it can't happen. I think rebuild is a strong word. Yes. What I'm gathering, what you're saying, you're not ready to say rebuild or whatever because of the four moves they've made, most were anticipated. Yeah, I mean, those aren't moves that were made to – I think somebody – it's one of the questions in the mailbag, you know, you're making these moves, obviously, we're – you know, I think they said rebuilding. I said releasing Taylor Lewan and, and Robert Woods and, and Zach Cunningham and Randy Bullock, those were moves not out of – desperation they were moves because those players you know especially the first three were scheduled to make more money than they let's face it than they had probably deserved moving forward I mean uh, you know Zach Cunningham and Taylor Wan played eight games combined last year and and supposed to make a heck of a lot of money you're just making a smart business decision there to move on and uh, and potentially could get better at those spots while we're talking about the Titans roster. Russ from Deckert says the OTP crew said earlier this week they believe that it is more likely than not that Ryan Tannehill is the team's quarterback this season. Do you agree with that, Jim? Yeah, and I think that's the way, best way to put it. I, I think some people took what Rand said as a definitive, uh, and I think we all know that their definitives don't mean a lot this time of year. I hate to mention AJ Brown, but we we won't know what that convers know, know what the public conversation was last year and what John Robbins said said and what Mike Vrabel said and and things change. And I'm not saying he was trying to deceive anybody with what he said just a couple of days ago, but you now I think you could take from that that his plan now was to move forward with Ryan Tannehill and you know sitting here today, I I think that's what's going to happen, but I can't say 100% uh, you know that that's going to happen I think odds are it will but again things change and uh, I'm, I'm, I'm myself curious to see how that one plays out I have nothing to say about what he's just saying but I'm just saying looking at you see you're really a smart guy because you come here and you're interviewing players right Right. And a lot of them are nervous to talk to teams because they really don't know quite what the team might think. But they think you're working for L.A. Dodgers because <laughs> you, you've got the visor on. And so they say, what problem would I have talking to a Dodger yeah, reporter? Right. Is <laughs> that your strategy with wearing the Dodgers yeah, I think visor? I think it's brilliant. I think it's brilliant. Yeah, I don't know. I think some people, I do think some people when you're interviewing them wearing the team gear at these podiums and they maybe are trying to answer things a certain way to – you know, I don't know if you give your true, honest answer. So, yeah, I try to – I can't wear my Vandy visor. Uh, you know, I think Legwald gave me the tip one time, you can't wear your Vanderbilt visor here interviewing guys from Tennessee or Alabama or Georgia. Got you in trouble with Josh some, Dobbs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah Josh, well, I did get a new Tennessee visor out of that. <laughs> maybe, maybe, I get a, maybe I can represent every school in the country here. People want to give me a new visor. If I, but that's not a bad tack to follow. But uh, – uh, but, uh, I think the LA is kind of uh, kind of impartial. Although some people might think I'm working for the Rams or Chargers. I that's guess that's not a Rams. That's a Dodger. Yeah. <laughs> so they think you know. I don't play baseball. I, I talk baseball to this dude guy. all that's I want. Right. Why that's visor right. and not hat? Well, I used to wear a hat. And if you look at my uh, t- 
Twitter, I guess my avatar is an old school picture on there uh, that was taken back in 1999, my first year covering the team. I was wearing a Dodgers hat that day, and Eddie George had his arm around me, and we were talking coming off the field. I still remember what that conversation was, although I'm not going to tell it right now. Uh, but uh, so at some point, the, I mean, the, the visor is a little cooler because you've got a little room to breathe up here but really it's a lot easier to keep your pencils uh with the visor if you keep the, you know right where the the cap sits if you try to keep it at your ear it just kind of falls off all the time so i can keep the pencil up above the visor i sometimes have two three i've had four in there at times and it's just easy access and uh, i just think it, i think the visor is a cooler look do you buy your own pencils or do the titans buy your pencils uh, i think uh most of the time i buy them but you know, sometimes Do you expense uh, them. So, <laughs> 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 if you can find the Bic, I think it's the Bic 2.0. Hey. I think I've, I think I have expensed an eight dollar twelve pack before. <laughs> I, have to, Do you I have to say maybe with uh, maybe with the with the Snickers. Uh, with let it. me say this about the real quick, and then Rhett's gonna because you're gonna get commentary from the two of us. <laughs> that reminds me of a gunfighter in, in the in the old west because they had to, had to have their holster position just right with their gun right. where they can reach I and can get, get it. it Look at you now. Yeah. I know why yes it's I funny understand. i was on a flight one time i think we we're going to the owners meetings i was with amy and ashley yeah. at some point and they were couldn't figure out where i was and they saw my they saw the pencil sticking out from my body <laughs> look like antennas the antennas up yeah. right and that's why i understand too you've got a backup in case you yes. break lead and because they're mechanical pencils yes but why three or four because I really lose track. I just want okay. to make sure I'm not you caught, just, you know, without one. So that always ends up, well, here's, I better stick this up there. And I don't realize how many I have up there sometimes. Gotcha. Yeah. I don't know. I've seen Jim Wyatt make some office supplies last and last yes. and last. Jim Wyatt does not go through office supplies. He, I mean, tapes them up. This keeps from it rolling. Very true. so loves office supplies. <laughs> I love office supplies, and I really get a rush out of buying them. So I'm like, Jim, can I buy you some? Nope, this is fine. Tape it up. Keep them. Yeah, she loves keep office supplies yes. like she loves Indianapolis. <laughs> <laughs> That's fair. Yeah, a lot of comments on her with the Indianapolis picture. On the website the other day, people think thought she had cult stuff on. It wasn't cult nope. stuff. It was the Indianapolis Bureau of Tourism's T-shirt. I bought swag because Mike makes fun of me. <laughs> 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 so I knew I had a week of just harassment coming my way. So I leaned in, purchased some merchandise, supported the cause. Why not? But, yeah, people didn't like that. Okay, moving right along. <laughs> Jaleel from Nashville says, Jim, I'll cut right to the chase. What is the likelihood that Bud Dupree and Nate Davis are a part of this team in September? Uh, I don't I don't th see either one of them being a part of the team. That, that's just my opinion. Uh, and I, with Bud Dupree, I think uh, I think salary will come into play there and if, and obviously his injury history. Uh, so I, I'll be I, I don't think he'll be back. And as far as Nate Davis goes, I, you know, just casually kind of answered a question in my mailbag a, a month ago about Nate Davis, and I said I don't expect him to be back, and I was cr I was a little surprised at the stir that it created, and that's not talking to Rand Carthon about Nate Davis. That's not asking Mike Vrabel's opinion on Nate Davis. That's my personal opinion on Nate Davis's future, and that's not to say he is not a good player, and that's not to say that he has not had some good snaps for the Titans. I just think um, that uh, Nate Davis will be looking for a 
contract worth a certain amount of money. I think the Titans uh, probably have a certain value placed on him. They know Nate Davis for better or for worse, and all of that kind of goes into factoring in whether I think he'll be back or not, and I don't think he will. I, mean, that, I could be wrong on that. I've been wrong before. But never uncertain. <laughs> <laughs> never uncertain. Definitive answers here. From Enrique on Twitter, who is the dark horse free agent that you do think the Titans might go after? I can't answer that one uh, because I got the uh, memo from Burke Nihill the other day uh, that talked about tampering and uh, and who the, you're not really allowed uh, even working for in-house media to say – um, who you like in free agency uh, for several reasons. And I'm glad I read that memo because uh, <laughs> I would have maybe thrown it a couple of names out there. out of the – yeah. Yes. Well, Rhett, Rhett could speculate yeah, Rhett on could. 1045 yes. The Zone. But on the OTP, and if Amy and I do radio and Coach Mack does radio during that period of time, yeah, we can't say anything. It's why – the OTP will go dark for a few days during the legal tampering period. We can't comment on players until they have signed with the Titans, even if they have agreed to terms and it's been reported. And um, they've really tightened up on this because some teams sort of used in-house media apparently yes. to – uh, forward an agenda or to throw people off in different ways. And uh, we could get in a lot of trouble. And, ladies and gentlemen, we are well taken care of by the Titans. We are appreciative of what they do. But none of us, I think, can afford a fine from the NFL for yes. violating tampering. Yeah, and because and, I think one thing is teams have maybe – you could have a perception of, of teams saying they've agreed to terms or they got this player locked up, and then other teams would quit pursuing that player or, or there's an impression that he's off the market. Uh, you know, one of the biggest differences, but you know, you're asking about the difference between working at the Tennessean and working – uh, you know, working for the team. When I was working at the Tennessee and you're trying to get news of who's, who, again, who's signing, who's agreed to terms, who's the new players on the Titans, and now working for the team, you'll see a lot of times where the, if the Titans make a trade or the Titans have agreed to terms or an Adam Schefter or Tom Pelissero or Ian Rappaport have it, the Titans can't do anything with it a lot of times you know we're we're having to be patient on posting that on the website until the player has passed a physical and signed the contract for tampering reasons and also because you don't want to look stupid by saying you've agreed to terms with the guy when it when nothing's finalized you should see jim pacing the halls when that happens <laughs> oh it's rough it I remember, doesn't yeah, go away does I, it? I remember the first i think the, the second year i was with the team the titans traded for demarco murray and i'm like okay let's get this story ready people are excited about it and i think we had it on the website maybe four days later after he had traveled to town and signed the contract let me just talk about and i'm glad that that was brought up. That's mm -hmm. a great question, and I'm and that answer. I've worked it from the coaching side for 31 years, and so during that during that time, and then legal tampering came in. I mean, and I still, my, I know it's Mike Keith's favorite term, but the, it is a, a, as an employee of the club. When you're working for the club as coaches, you can't say anything. All right, and to me, I've got quite a radio presence in Nashville now. And so I've told those people, I, I'm not talking free agency. 
I'm not talking free agency at all because, you know, I talk all the draft you want to talk. But I'm not talking free agency until things are done just for that reason. And and to me, I think people just need to understand that because it's 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 information that the club cannot afford out just because of the timing element, the timing element. And it's, you know, it's priority information. It really is. And so I'm glad that it was brought up here because it's it's a legitimate, legitimate thing. And it's not because, you know, we're trying to hide something, but it, it, it is a competitive disadvantage. Well, the thing is, too, it would be just my luck to say, boy, I wish they'd go after so-and-so. <laughs> and then they sign him and other people go, well, that was, how could they do that? That's inside <laughs> I get fine. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't need a fine or suspension at this point in my life. I can't. That would cut into your Johnston and Murphy. Oh, uh, it would cut into, yes. <laughs> cut into everything. Yeah. Actually, it would cut into me visiting Duncan. That was well done. And taking part in the Duncan Rewards Program. These are rewards you can really use. No, really. Use them on free donuts, coffees, and breakfast sandwiches. And then use those free donuts, coffees, and breakfast sandwiches to say everything for thanks for that great work you did at the Combine to my bad for making you work 16 hours at the Combine each day, <laughs> Ashley Farrell, <laughs> Jeanette Morley, Jack Mummer. Join Duncan Rewards today. Save them, stack them, use them how you want. America runs on Duncan. Terms apply. All right, let's talk a little Derrick Henry. Jamie, this is from across the pond in England, asks, can you please explain the thought process when it comes to taking Derrick Henry out on third downs? Surely as one of our best players, it would be better to have him in the game. I get that a lot, and I, I certainly get the sense that that's a source of uh, maybe frustration for Titans fans. I think that Derrick Henry is obviously a, a beast of a running back. He has improved pass, catching the ball out of the backfield over the years, and he has had success doing that You know, uh, a lot of times. But I think, I think what the Titans are looking for and what other teams are looking for in a third down back doesn't necessarily fit Derrick Henry's skill set perfectly so that's why I think you're always looking at other options there and I suspect moving forward that will be the case I mean uh, Derek Henry's still going to play he's still going to want to play but um, I think that coaches would probably prefer maybe a shiftier faster quicker back who can catch the ball in space all over the field and that's why that happens sometimes and the Titans haven't had a guy sometimes that deserves to be there instead of Derrick Henry and that has happened I think moving forward I think you obviously want to get better at the, at the third down back well while we're talking about him there's another question from Twitter it says is there a possibility that the Titans could trade Derrick Henry they're are a slew of options here for trades presented here. We don't need to go through all of those. But it says, I'm just wondering, bottom line, if Derrick Henry has moved this offseason. Well, you know, with Rand Carthon, first-year GM, I said somebody, is another question I got in the mailbag about whether ter- trading Derrick Henry is on the table. And I don't know that it's on the table. He's never said anything publicly that has led me to believe that he's on the table. But I think when you're a new GM and you're in a transition period like the Titans are in, then everything's on the table. I think everything has to be considered. Uh, it's just like the Ryan Tannehill situation. As I see here today, I think Derrick Henry is going to be on the Titans in 2023. But things change, and, and I think everything will be considered. Again, n- nothing has been said publicly that he's going to be moved, and if he said something to me privately, I would not say it publicly, or I'd be same boat Mike Keith in. He'd be fine, and I'd be fired. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> 
He could pass. I, I got nothing. Yeah. I, yeah. I don't want either. Yeah. I don't want either thing. I, <laughs> you I need the job. To do with that. I mean, come on, look at me. All right, let's just move on. Now. Can I say that? Can I say something? Sure, Please, coach. I would love it, Coach. I don't want any one of those things. <laughs> Go Thank ahead. you, Coach. Oh, we appreciate that. <laughs> Rhett, how about you? Do you want any of that? Ditto. No. What, if, what if it was just a hundred dollar fine for Mike Keys? You think it could could withstand that? He'd be okay there. I, I don't want to hurt him any more than that, though. <laughs> oh, I don't think Mike would take the fine. I don't think Mike likes getting in trouble. I'm not getting involved in I've Mike, Mike Keith's no, finances spent, because he's got he's he got likes. he's got Bahamian money stamped <laughs> down there on the island. I've, uh, the island. I've spent enough time in my life in trouble. I've, <laughs> I've asked the Lord to keep me out of trouble for whatever I've got left. That's all I got. But, but Jim, to your point, and you answered the question well. Anything could be on the table, but we don't know. Yes, we don't know. And I've speculated it at home in Nashville well, I mean, there on would the radio. Have to be a, there would have to be an offer for it to necessarily be on the table. Yep. I think I think the you're just you can't rule anything out in early March. I think that's, that's right. what it comes down to. Is you just say, I mean, we saw this. Listen, the AJ Brown thing. Yes. I mean, John Robinson told me flat out to go on the OTP and say. We are not trading A.J. Brown. We did a whole episode about it. Well, it was his whole intent. Mm -hmm. He wanted the fans to know. I think he want because there was so much publicity about him being traded, and A.J.'s side clearly stirred that up uh, because he wanted to play with Jalen Hurts. I think he's made that very, very clear. And then they get to the point where his agent is not taking the call, his calls anymore, John Robinson's calls. And he goes in and he says to, you know, everybody involved, what do we do? And so it all changed. And I, I think that just reminded us that anything could happen. I'll, I'll never forget, 1992, I'm covering the University of Tennessee. And somebody calls me in October and says, they're firing Johnny Majors. I said, there's no way they're firing Johnny Majors. There is no chance of that. I go see my boss, who is Johnny Majors' best friend. And I say... What do you think? Is there's no way they're firing Johnny Majors? Well, Johnny Majors' side didn't know it yet. Okay. <laughs> well, they learned yeah. four days later, and so I've learned that you never say never to anything. But there has to be an offer. There has to. I mean, there there would be so many more steps. I, I think what was said earlier, and the and the I forget who sent the was it Russ and Deckard said there's a better chance than not. That they're that Ryan Tannehill's with the team. I think it's the same thing for, you know, a guy like Derrick Henry and probably you know several uh, Jeffrey Simmons certainly and the rookies who played last year. But otherwise, if you're Rand Carthon coming into this situation, which he described on the OTP as a puzzle, you have to consider everything if it comes up, right, Coach? Well, you do. You, you consider everything. And here's what you're doing right now. And I can just tell you again from the side that I come from half my adult life, you consider everything. You talk about nothing. Right. At this point. And, and, and A.J. Brown deal, that's, the plan was for him to come back all the way up until the day of the draft, I think. I think at, at the, the day before the day morning of is when I first – started to get wind that something was going to happen. They had discussions late afternoon the day before because they had come to the realization that they had a major problem. Yes. And the major problem was he wanted to play for the Eagles. And so I don't know if he instructed his agent not to take the calls or whatever. And so you're making a decision there based on the fact that 
he's not going to report. So you're going to have a whole May and June of this thing. Does he show up for camp? I mean, it's a thing at this point. It's gotten to this point that it's a thing. And are you going to ride it out into the season and try to see if it's okay? Or are you going to take a deal now and and maybe try to make the best deal you possibly can? And, you know, those are the sorts of things that it changed. I I mean, and and John was very clear to me in our private conversation. He goes, I did lose A.J. Brown. He goes, I know where all this is coming from. It's not coming from us. Yeah, yeah. It, it, you know, and so it was a, it was a thing. It was funny. I got a funny story. Uh, the day before the draft last year, Nicobe Dean, the Georgia linebacker, was one of the prospects that was on site, and I was quizzing him. You know, I just asked him what he knew about the Titans, and he started rolling through. Well, Jeffrey Simmons is there. You know, Derrick Henry's there. Mike Vrabel's a coach, and then he started in. A.J. Brown, because he, he obviously had read the A.J. Brown stuff. Sure. A.J. Brown going to be on the team? And, I, and at that point, I thought, I said, oh, yeah, A.J. Brown, he's going to be on the team. You know, you'd be teammates with him. And then the next day, A.J. Brown is traded to the Eagles, and the Kobe Dean is drafted by the Eagles. So they ended up <laughs> being teammates in Philadelphia. And I actually saw him in Phoenix and reminded him of that conversation. And he, he goes, yeah, you're the guy who told me that A.J. was staying with the Titans. And uh, that's really end up with you in Philadelphia. So that was, that's how quickly things uh, can change. Yeah, it was, it was a whirlwind. Mm-hmm. And that night, when it all hit, it was an absolute oh, yeah. F5 tornado. Whew. Yes. The great Jim White with us on the OTP, sponsored by our great friends at Farm Bureau Health Plan. Lane from Johnson City says, with the comments that General Manager Rand Carthen made about the quarterback position and the Titans' first-round pick, what position do you think the Titans will take at 11 in the event that they stay there? Yeah, and that's hard to say, you know, because you got to get through free agency. You know, if I told you right now, I mean, the team obviously right now has a huge need uh, on the offensive line, not just one spot, not just two, probably three, you know, maybe four. I mean, I, I, I hear him talk about Aaron Brewer the other day. It makes me think that there's, you know, he may be in the equation. Nicholas Petit-Ferrier is going to be in the equation. But you're looking for three starters. Now, does that come in free agency? Does that come in the draft? I think we need to see how free agency plays out before we start pinpointing guys in the draft. I think receivers are a big area of need. You know, we'll see what happens at quarterback. And uh, so a lot could change between now and the time the team picks. That's why I'm more always a little bit more hesitant to name position for the draft until – a week before the draft when, when you have some other needs that have been filled. Well, Jason from Knoxville has a suggestion. He says that next year looks to be a much better quarterback draft than in 2023. What do you think about making it a top priority to come out of the 23 draft with as many future picks as possible in 24 so then you have ammo to move up and target a quarterback next year? Yeah, I mean, you have to be bad. I mean, you still would have to be pretty bad to be in a position to be able to move up and get somebody. So that kind of falls into the whole tanking, rebuild, you know, playing for the future uh, idea, which I'm not real high on. So um, I don't know. I mean, there is a good quarterback I know coming out of next year's draft from the West Coast. Um, Caleb Williams. Yeah. So, and so, at yeah. North Carolina, Drake May. Yes. So, uh, but you have to, I mean, I want to see how this year plays out before I start thinking about 2024. Nobody's going to suck for luck this year or whatever those trendy little tanking slogans are. I think somebody are. may trade up 
I'm starting to believe the whole thing about somebody trading up from early in the second round to late first to take Hendon Hooker. What do we always say, guys? And again, this is for your mailbag people now because we're talking. And you know that there's two drafts. There's a regular draft, and then there's a quarterback draft. That's right. So anything's possible. Anytime you talk about a quarterback, because if you don't have a quarterback, a viable quarterback, one that you can win games with, there are very few elite quarterbacks, but a viable quarterback, you got a highly paid rugby team. That's what you have. <laughs> so you got to get a viable quarterback. Here's one from Switzerland. This is – we're really going international we now. Are I really like OT this. All I, I, over no, no. Can I say this? Jim Wyatt is international. That's right. Yeah, the great that's Jim Wyatt. The great Jim Wyatt. Nobody from Switzerland cares. Nobody Jim who's is speaking Spanish either or writing. We were going to let you answer one in Spanish live. We thought that would be great. Yeah, si, we thought si. you might like that. Si, yeah. si. <laughs> <laughs> no habla espanol. <laughs> I do speak a little bit of Spanish, but uh, I took uh, Spanish at Father Ryan. Uh, Mr. Hammond was my teacher, and. Uh, would he be proud or not proud? Yeah, if I you think he would be very, very disappointed. <laughs> <laughs> very disappointed. I did a lot of doodling in that class. And, uh, <laughs> All right. Well, no bueno. <laughs> no bueno. <laughs> so the question coming from Switzerland is, what do you think about the idea of trading down a few spots in the first round of the draft? In my opinion, Osiris Torrance, the offensive lineman from Florida, would be a perfect fit. And the added draft capital could help fix some other holes in the current roster. Yeah, I, th- I don't think that's a bad idea. I mean, a lot depends on who's there and what the board looks like when you're sk- getting ready to pick at 11. I, but six picks is n- not a lot. And uh, I could see a scenario, I don't, I don't know about the specific player being targeted, but the idea of moving back into a position where you can acquire more picks, I don't think is a, necessarily a, a bad thing. Thoughts? Anybody else? If I think Anthony right. Richard, Richardson is sitting there at 11, that's where the phone rings for Rand yeah. Carthon. Yeah, which is interesting to me because I think we, you know, we all saw Anthony Richardson at Florida, and, uh, and I certainly didn't think when I was watching Vanderbilt beat them over there in November that this is the <laughs> guy. I mean, and, and not that he played a terrible game that day, but he didn't look like a top 15 pick to me. Not only that day, but throughout his college career. So that just shows you how the quarterback class works. These guys, you know, surge. People, you know, see something in them that makes them think he could be a franchise quarterback. And all of a sudden, a guy who you think is maybe a mid-round pick becomes a hot commodity. And that's what's happened to him. It's 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 amazing to me. To my point, there's a quarterback draft. <laughs> yeah. And there's a positional draft. And to your point of watching, you watched him play Vandy, right? I did. Go put the game tape on of him playing Utah. Or, or Tennessee. Go put the game tape on of him playing Missouri. And all of a sudden you go, whoa. Yeah. So that's the dichotomy that these evaluators have right now. And if you're in a desperation mode, which some people are for a quarterback, then you tend to overlook a lot of the warts and say, we can get this guy straight if he's got – the requisite tools, and when you, I mean, I would expect when he does things physically here, people are going to go, oh, okay, we saw that. Now, doesn't take, oh, doesn't diminish, erase any of the tape, good or bad, that you see, but that's the part of a quarterback draft. And the the comp that you hear most often with him is Cam Newton. The 100% that, Because right, of his Mike. size, and, I mean, he is so big. 
And he, they're going to see him, and they're going to say, man, he's pretty. Oh, my goodness. And what he's going to run is going to be crazy. The athletic traits. Yeah. Yep. But if you're someone who's seen him either and has strong opinions of him, either good or bad, isn't there a chance that there's some confirmation bias there? And if you see the good things, you're going to continue to see things that enforce the good sure. things here at the Combine. And if you're not very high on him, you're going to see things to enforce the not-so-good things? Add this into the equation if you're desperate for quarterback. That's the, that's the part of the equation. And that's why you'll see evaluations, Amy, anywhere from high first round to fourth round and anything in between. All it takes is one team to fall in love. Or a team, too that says we're going to need a quarterback in 2024. There it is. We've got somebody to play in 2023. Can we afford not to take him at this moment saying we solve our problem because what he needs is time? Let me add something else to that, too. And this is these are good football people here, especially a good team. I know. Because you're not going to be drafting high enough to go get one if you're a good team. The teams that have the draft picks to get a quarterback in the top three or four are bad teams. Right. Well, we're rounding out our edition of the final question. on the OT. Final thoughts. This is our final question, final thoughts, and we're kind of taking a left-hand turn here in a good way, a great left-hand turn, because while all of this is going on, there's a lot of football conversation, a lot of personnel conversation. The Tennessee Titans are still working on a new stadium here. Yes. And so that is still a conversation. There's still some approvals coming up. Correct. There's a lot of activity and motion in the ocean this when it week, comes to the stadium. This week there's actually going to be a next step and then final approval in April. Right. So it's coming. And um, so Will here from Atlantic, Iowa asks, what are you excited about the most for the new stadium? And what would you personally add if you were given the chance? You talk, I mean, outside of the Jim White press box? <laughs> oh, that's already done. <laughs> I was thinking of the mailbag room. Yeah. Yes. Well, it does have something to do with the press box. I hope they keep us, and I'll include, uh, include you guys in the mix. I'm hoping they keep us low-level uh, press box Please. and a low-level box for, uh, for broadcasting. It doesn't look low. <laughs> that's what I've heard. <laughs> that's what low. I've heard because we know what has happened a lot of times. When but it does look like uh, middle of the field. Okay. And, uh, you know, I, I'm i thinking open. You know, you See, and I have talked like about it a too, lot. Yes. We, are, we are big advocates of, of giving everyone the opportunity, from our standpoint, for what we do, that it's not a closed press box. I, I, that would be my request. You know, if I can't have the low-level middle, then I would like it to be open. We've been in press boxes at the top in here in Indianapolis, in Houston, in Jacksonville, all of them behind the glass. You can, can't hear the crowd uh, if you're sitting in the press box. You guys obviously can open the, the windows. But uh, you're at the top, you're far away, don't feel like you're a part of it. I love stadiums uh, that are open Air, the old RCA dome here used to be open air, and uh, uh, and hopefully that's what it'll be. But I'm looking forward to that and just seeing what it will do to the city. Uh, been a great run for uh, the former Adelphia Coliseum, which went to just the Coliseum to LP Field to Nissan Stadium. I missed anything? No, you got, it. Yep. So you got it. it. It's been a great run there, and we're for so fortunate that we've had the space 
to have a stadium downtown again so many cities we've been to where the stadium's on the outskirts so to let people walk to the game and stay in hotels downtown to get to the game i'm so happy it's still going to be there nashville's got the best downtown area any place in the nfl and uh and the new stadium's just going to highlight that even more rhett what do you want from the stadium give me one thing uh, a good place for us to do broadcasts. I mean, <laughs> seriously, that's you know that's you my guys main are thing so because. Lame. Well, no, I mean, <laughs> what do you all want? Right? Food. I want good press box food, like great press box food. Think of it this way, though, Amy. Uh, seriously, Mike and I have done this coming season five hundred Titans games together. We've never sat in a seat. We've always been where yeah. we've been. Yeah, and I'm so gonna, that's yeah. just the first thing I think of. Okay, that's fair. You, you coach. I've been involved with two stadium builds, okay, and this will be my third, you know, to to be around it. And the the thing that is important that you know <laughs> when you start looking at it, a couple of these have been involved in the design, you know, of, of things that were relevant to the coaching aspect of it. So anything that is comfortable for the team and the fans, because that's why we're all there. Right. That's that's the show. That's why you're all there. Any of that any of that stuff is important. Now that I've been doing this, I understand the importance of being able to have a very good place to be able to paint the picture right. for the listeners. You know, I, I mean, and I'm going to call names. When you're at Miami, you're painting a picture backwards you know, <laughs> because of the, you know. It's terrible. Okay, yeah. because of where you are. The it's, it's, it's the complete opposite side. So for the quality of everybody, that's what I always want. You know what I don't want? What's that? People in... Um, suites behind the bench. Yeah, a lot of stadiums do it. I think it, that's coming. And though. I know, I know that it's a great because, fan experience because so many people like that. I and know. They a lot of times in those places they end up watching the game off TV yeah. in the suite. And there's food yeah. and there's drink and you're right a there. Lot. And I get it, but you know that feeling when everyone is behind you and you know you can feel someone standing like right behind you. That's what it's like on the sidelines of those games for hours. And I spend oh, so the you're talking about you. You. Uh, no, but like players, they yell at the players, all the staff, everybody who is in the sidelines feels people looking at them. And you feel like someone's going <laughs> to ha, get you. Oh, Amy, just, can I just me. say this? I know people enjoy sitting there. Everybody, I don't enjoy people sitting there. Everybody, and again, the two stadium builds, everybody, fans, Love that. I know. They but like love why? It's that. smelly. All you're they, seeing they are heinies. Like, you're not even seeing the <laughs> wow. game. Okay, Mike. But if you Time want to, to be <laughs> as close to the action they and love as it. close to the game experience as possible, that's, that's where spot. you would want to be. Now, you're going to have to pay for it. Yes. Well, she's getting ready to start getting into carpet patterns or. No, no. We're looking at swatches. We're looking at cloth swatches. She's going to get into it. She'll pick everything apart if we go on, so we're going to stop. I'm the only one who actually provided an answer to the question. You guys are all waxing poetic about just like stadiums overall. What? No, I said I want an open press box. I want the Jim Wyatt press box to be open. All right. (laughs) That's a thing. I think I provided a better answer. Will from Atlantic, Iowa, you're welcome. <laughs> the great Jim Wyatt, Twitter at J Wyatt Sports, Amy Wells at Titans Amy, Rhett Bryan at Rhett B Tennessee. Jim Wyatt, you're uh I still think you're the best acquisition of the Amy Adams Strunk era and uh we're appreciative of you. We give you a hard time sometimes because it's fun. But uh the, what you do for Titans fans 
is unmatched in the National Football League. We know they love you, and we certainly understand why, and we appreciate you coming on with us. We're, we're glad to be on your team. Well, I appreciate it. I appreciate those kind words. I appreciate everybody being so kind to me over the years, everybody that's sitting at this table, and I've enjoyed it. It's been a great, been a great place to work, and I hope to continue to work there for many years to come. That's why I'm not going to talk about free agents <laughs> before, uh, you know, before the deadline. Guy. I, I want to apologize to our upper management for giving away the name of the press box, the Jim White. <laughs> I, I apologize. That that, I don't think that was supposed to be that out. Was a great, we're, great we're breaking surprise. news here on the OTP. That's a great surprise. For the yeah. great yeah. Jim White, for the ever-reliable Rhett Bryan, for Coach Dave McGinnis and Amy Wells, Mike Keith says thanks for listening to the OTP.